Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. You don't have to like Donald Trump. I have never suggested that there's anybody anywhere who has to like the former president. You don't have to like his policies. You don't have to like him personally. All of that is completely and totally fine. But when you watch an abuse of power, you can't be okay with it. Because you didn't like the individual the abuse is being applied to. I'm not sure how anybody looks at the latest from Jack Smith, the special counsel. These four counts, this indictment against President Trump regarding January 6th and says this is legitimate work. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. The day is nuts. The news cycle is absolutely nuts. And this indictment is is top of the heap because it's nuts. Let me introduce John Malcolm. He is the vice president of the Institute for Constitutional Government and senior legal fellow, director of the Mies Center at the Heritage Foundation, heritage.org. Uh, let me just give a, a quick read here, sir. Uh, let me let me go right here and give the read. Four counts on this in- indictment. Uh, count one is conspiracy to defraud the United States. Count two, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding count three obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding and count four conspiracy against rights uh you do this work you follow these kinds of things are these the kind of counts from a special counsel from any from from any government agency from any government from the doj in any way these are the kinds of things that you can find people guilty for uh the very aggressive use of the law. Uh, there are several things to say about this indictment. One is, unlike the classified documents indictment, there is really no new information contained in uh, in this indictment. Uh, and there are certainly things that I expected to see. Uh, I expected to see written text messages, telephone calls in which the president or former president acknowledged that all of these claims that he was making about a stolen election were fraudulent and false. Uh, I expected to see texts, emails connecting him to the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys and you know others who breached the Capitol on January 6, 2021 to try to uh, stop the counting of the Electoral College votes. None of that was there. Instead, what this indictment essentially alleges is that Donald Trump, assisted by six unindicted and unnamed co-conspirators, although it's fairly easy to figure out who a number of them are, uh, that they made all of these claims about a stolen election. They knew at the time they made those claims uh, that they were false and that they then concocted a very elaborate scheme to try to get Vice President Pence to reject the Biden electors and to persuade state legislators to submit a fake set of electors that supported Donald Trump. The indictment, I think, does two things well. One is it shows that there were a lot of people surrounding the president and in the various states 
who were telling Donald Trump that his claims about a stolen election were false. And the other thing the indictment does pretty well is to show that Donald Trump behaved badly on January 6th when he knew rioters were in the Capitol and for several hours he did not tell them to leave. Right. So we, we can actually agree on that and people will disagree on that. And that's fine because that's a very personal uh, opinion. And right. certainly when you hear Jack Smith lay it out as he did in front of that press conference yesterday, he lays it out with the emotion. Here is some of that, sir. Good evening. Today, an indictment was unsealed charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the District of Columbia, and it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. I encourage everyone to read it in full. He discussed it. First of all, he's a little breathless there in his in his presentation, talking to John uh, Malcolm of the Heritage Foundation, heritage.org. Um, he wants to talk about how it details the crimes, but he doesn't actually in the indictment detail the crime. If everything about this was incitement uh, to riot, it was about seditious activity. That doesn't exist in the indictment. So while the indictment could, in your view, you know, show bad behavior of President Trump, which is an opinion based conversation. What does the indictment provide that would provide any legal context to finding guilt? I, I think it is a strained indictment. It is not very specific. There is no question that Donald Trump was surrounded by a lot of people who were saying that his claims that it was a stolen election were false. But there's also no doubt that he was surrounded by a lot of people who were telling him that there was evidence that the election was stolen. They may have been wrong. He may have been misguided to believe them. But there is no reason to doubt the sincerity of his belief that the election had, in fact, been stolen. He also has a right, as the indictment actually says, to make claims about the election being stolen, to demand recounts, to file legal suits. Uh, And here he relied on the advice of a lot of lawyers. He may have gotten bad advice, but Donald Trump is not a lawyer and he is entitled to rely on the advice of his attorneys. So I think that this is not only a relatively weak indictment, but it's very dangerous in that it treads on people's First Amendment rights to question the conduct of an election and the rights of people to rely on the advice of their counsel. This was Fox News yesterday. Andrew McCarthy, former assistant U.S. attorney, Southern District of New York, commenting here. I think, unfortunately, Brett, this is as weak as it was foretold to be. Uh, You see a lot of deceitful conduct. But the problem I think Jack Smith has is that Congress has not enacted statutes that that directly criminalized the the behavior that Smith is talking about. So what he has to do is distort statutes in order to try to pigeonhole the behavior into them. So, for example, the Supreme Court was very clear in May in two cases where they threw out convictions against uh, cronies of former Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York, uh, that fraud in the United States means to bilk a victim out of money or property. 
you know, tangible assets, and that to the extent that uh, you know Congress has tried to expand that into this idea of um, uh, you know fraud that creates uh, deceptive government practices, uh, the statutes that are on the books now are vague, and otherwise Congress. He goes on, as, as many have, that this is, you know, you refer to it as strain, sir, talking to John Malcolm of the Heritage Foundation, heritage.org, uh, vice president of the Institute for Constitutional Government. Strained is, is certainly a kind way of saying this is political and not legal. So when when you see an indictment like this come forward, do you say to yourself, well, it's a special counsel. Well, they're entitled to try. Or do you look at this as a threat to the system and that the DOJ, the Department of Justice, is actually doing a disservice, not just to their own cause, but to the cause of the legal system at large? Yeah, I think that th- those dangers exist. I'm a former federal prosecutor, too. I agree with everything that Andy McCarthy uh, uh, just said, look, there are some things that are clear uh, crimes. I do think whether he's convicted or not remains to be seen that the classified documents case is at least very specific uh, about, you know, you know, conduct that was designed to destroy evidence, this, that or the other, uh, move evidence around to prevent a grand jury from getting it. None of that specificity is contained in this indictment. And this indictment really does threaten First Amendment rights for anybody who questions the outcome of an election or the election procedures uh, that were used. There's also a vague language about how Trump directed people to the Capitol but nothing that suggested he intended for them to go in to breach the Capitol or knew they were going to breach the Capitol or directed them to do that. Uh, it's all innuendo and I think is a, a, a weak case. I, I wish I hadn't brought it. So this the, the part of the weakness for me, uh, I think for a lot of people, that this capper of my goodness, what are we looking at here? Because I think that if, if, if you think you saw anger towards the DOJ, towards Merrick Garland, towards President Biden on this attack before from Trump supporters, I think you're about to see it in a much larger measure. I'm I'm concerned about it, but I'm just discussing what I believe to be uh, coming down down the line. It's this idea of count four in the indictment conspiracy against rights this was van jones on cnn they went with him they did and and you talk about embarrassment i'll I'll talk a little bit about some pride i'm I'm actually uh, proud of jack smith uh count number four count number four uh conspiracy against rights what rights what rights the right to vote the right to vote and have your vote count in this country that's what this whole thing is about and somebody stood up for that. We stand in very long lines in my community, by the way, uh, to vote. Uh, we shed blood in this country to vote. And somebody tried to take that away. Just take it away. Because he didn't want to leave office. And somebody... Now, I, I ask the legal part of this. Right. Is this what's being alleged in the indictment? That Donald Trump took away people's right to vote is the the conspiracy against rights have you ever seen that uh anywhere does that is that something that has a a legal basis or is this i to, to me one of the great examples of political showmanship as opposed to realistic conversation 
Well, conspiracy against rights is usually to, to prevent people from voting or police brutality, uh, depriving people of life, liberty or property. Here, the theory is, and again, I think it's a very weak, in fact, a dangerous theory, that by perpetrating a fraud to try to overturn the election, he was seeking to effectively disenfranchise everybody who voted for Joe Biden. Uh, and I think this is dangerous. So if anybody comes forward and questions the outcome of an election or how an election was conducted, one could say, well, you're just trying to disenfranchise uh, the people who voted for the person who was declared the winner. I think that is has will have a real chilling effect on people exercising their First Amendment rights. I think that's I think that's the part that people, you know, when they read this, they're, they, they have these series of thoughts. But in terms of a cohesive conversation the one piece that comes out of this indictment is i think what you just said sir that you're you're left with this feeling that somehow if i should ask a question if i should say well wait a second if i should engage a curiosity even if i should engage a lawsuit that from this indictment if it were allowed if, if somehow he is adjudicated guilty on that it's to state the idea that we the american people don't get to question our government, it would seem to be a very backwards process from where the First Amendment is. Well, in fact, the indictment right at the beginning says, let's be clear, Americans have the right to question elections and they have the right to demand recounts and they have the right to file lawsuits. But it appears that what the indictment acknowledges with one hand, it takes away with the other. It will certainly have a chilling effect. And I think that the you know Trump legal team will certainly have defenses, serious defenses, that they're going to be able to assert and no doubt will assert to try to get this, this indictment dismissed. Um, the, the, the lawyer, uh, not the lawyer, I'm sorry, the judge in, in this uh, case is a judge who has sentenced January 6th rioters to jail to longer prison sentences than even the prosecution was looking for. This is going to be a D.C. Uh, jury Jack Smith has had cases overturned by the Supreme Court uh, before. Do you have a feel, a take on what this judge and where this jury may already be going? The the reasons this is uh, I shouldn't say the reasons this is in D.C., but the reason it was this judge specifically. Well, I think the, the assignment was random, but that doesn't mean that the judge isn't going to be that the Trump team isn't going to try to get the judge, Judge Chutkin. Uh, recused from the matter and have a case assigned to another judge. They may also try to get the venue change, saying that he can't get uh, a fair trial before a D.C. DC jury. Those are arguments they'll make. Uh, they're, They're tough to get granted, but they will no doubt assert them, and we'll see what the judge does. John Malcolm of the Heritage Foundation, heritage.org. I appreciate you taking the time. To join us today, more is coming up. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz Today. So I know that the indictment of President Trump is the top story. I've been discussing it. I've got more to say about it. Please don't think that I'm ignoring it. But I, I am I am somebody who, who studies, who does research, who looks around and wants to see what else is going on around them. And I come across stories that make me question exactly how much have we lost ourselves? How much are we out of our heads? And is it we or is it they? And when we think it's they, isn't it possible that they think it's we? Because we are their they. Got that? 
Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. 833-8669. That is the number. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Um, all right. Let me share this one with you. Your car's seatbelt. Safety miracle or decapitation nightmare? What is the connection between rain and farming? The answer may surprise you. Heroin, sex, machine guns, flamethrowers, murder. There's no story here. We've just found that ratings go up when we say those words. It's time for the worst headline of the day. Realtor accused of sipping milk from seller's fridge fined over $15,000 and suspended from job. Now, I, I admit that this happened in Canada. And as I've always said, you can't trust Canadians. You can't trust Canadians. Oh, yeah, Tim Hortons makes good coffee and donuts. And they do. It's kind of nuts. It's kind of nuts. I was in Toronto for the first time in my life uh, in, in the beginning of July and uh, then came home and bought all the Tim Hortons I could. It was very good. It was very, very, my kids had the donuts. They said it was excellent, uh, but I can get excellent donuts, but the coffee was solid. It was, it was solid. A Canadian real estate agent was slapped with a $15,000 fine. There was home surveillance footage. Of course there was. Capturing him going into a client's fridge between showings and laying his lips on the family's milk container for a refreshing sip of vitamin D. That's how, that's how New York Post uh, writes the, the, the story. There's a couple of things that must be discussed here. First, the basics. Gross! Never mind that you're doing that to somebody else. Do you know who, they, who lives there and what they're all about and how they drink their milk? I'm sorry, did you check the syphilis before you drank the milk from the carton? Second, why are you drinking somebody else's milk, man? That's just weird. Third, how many of us really are like, hmm, I'm parched. You know what'll make things better? A glass of milk. No, did you have a cookie? Do you have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Is there cereal it's going into? And I use half and half for my cereal. Oh yeah, just a little bit of a little bit of a, a life hack from me to you. Use half and half in your cereal instead of, of uh, milk. You'll you'll be much happier. Yeah, that's just that's just from me to you, right there. But how about a step further? Did you not think that there were cameras? There are cameras everywhere. First of all, you're showing the house. You don't know that there are cameras in a house? You do this for a living. I assume I'm being watched and listened to all the time. Now, I don't go about living in fear. That's not my point. My point is when I'm in somebody else's house, when I'm in some other place, I'm kind of aware of those things. Certainly, I engage every conversation like I'm being recorded because I just assume that I am. Now, have I had conversations before, let's say like like in the breaks with a producer or something like that, where it's just free-flowing and there have been four-letter and five-letter and six-letter words used? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But dear Lord, you, you, you in the main, you, you, you do your best to be a normal person. What kind of person is, is taking sips of the milk? This is the question. This is the question before us. And I don't know if this is actually a story about one person just totally lost or this is a story of society. Like, yeah, this is what we do now. 
Or did we always do this? We just didn't have the cameras. We didn't have the media. We didn't have the social media to be able to share the story with such effortlessness. I don't know. All I know is I don't like it. Like the stuff with airplanes. I don't like it. I think it's telling us something about ourselves and it's not good. And this was Canada. See, Justin Trudeau, you're just as screwed up as the rest of us sugar-filled Americans. Something's up. This is not a good sign for society. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. In all of the hysteria, all of the insanity regarding... Uh, the Trump indictment, we forgot to notice that Fitch downgraded us. Fitch downgraded the United States of America, downgraded our credit rating. What exactly does it mean? How exactly does it affect us? And what happened to what happened to the idea that Bidenomics was working just great? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Uh, the guy with me is Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, and you've been following uh, these things as you do uh, with the classes that you teach and, of course, the conversations we have uh, right here. And we go from AAA to AA+. And you're like, well, that doesn't seem like the end of the world. But it's a very, very big story not getting enough coverage at all. Tony, it's, it, and in fact, I think it's a huge story in the financial markets because the rating of a country tells you how much it's going to pay in interest. You know, if you're a bad credit risk, Tony, and you go to get a loan, you're going to pay a higher interest rate on your loan. We are now a worse credit risk, and we are going to pay higher interest, which is already outrageous, which we can talk about because of this downgrade, Tony. And the thing is, the U.S. federal government is supposed to be the safest, most risk-free. We call it risk-free investment in the world. And we just got downgraded and the world said, you are no longer as safe as you were yesterday. That is disastrous for the financial markets and for our country. And we got to get into, Tony, what this means for the deficit and how we got here. Well, let's let's start with what it does to markets. We saw the markets open up down today. What does it do to them? Well, what it means, Tony, is every interest rate in the world is based on first risk-free and then on top of that. So if you were to invest in, you know, Matt Will Incorporated, well, you would get the risk-free return, which is the federal government return, plus a risk premium. Well, floor, the floor just went up, Tony. The bottom, the base for all these calculations just went up. When rates go up, values go down. And this, is a, this isn't even attached to inflation or the Fed. This is a rate increase not attached to all those other rate increases. So we talk about rate increases that we've seen in terms of interest rates, Dr. Will, talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, and we don't see that going down. And even when people talk about inflation cooling and look, the job market has contracted a little bit. And that's exactly what people like Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve and others have been looking for. Try and bring that down into some square that will help level up inflation. and That'll get things lower and that'll get this economy in, in a much uh, better shape. Uh, they they cheer that they 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 talk about how how good and valuable that is. Now bring this into play, uh, this downgrade. What does it mean for that job market and for those businesses? Well, Tony, when rates go up and values go down, businesses will do less. 
they will build fewer factories, they will produce fewer goods, they will hire fewer employees. So the entire bar, if you're an investor, Tony, you've got to make a certain return. Well, the bar you have to get over is now higher. It's tougher for you to get over that bar. So you're not gonna make an investment if you can't make a profit. I know that sounds weird, but you're not gonna invest if you can't make a profit. And now it's harder to make a profit. So here, here's how uh, the people at CNBC uh, put it. Fitch downgrades U.S. long-term rating to AA+, AA+, from AAA. And when they engage the, uh, you know, the, the, the key points, uh, Fitch said the repeated debt limit political standoffs and last-minute resolutions have eroded confidence in fiscal management. If I were to listen to that, Dr. Matt Will, I'm being told by Fitch that the problem here is that Republicans tried to work a deal with the Democrats as opposed to just signing everything that the Democrats wanted and let the spending go on willy-nilly. Fitch is clearly applying blame here, and the blame is not going towards Bidenomics. Is Bidenomics to blame for this downgrade? Well, Tony, yes, they are to blame, but I don't think they're blaming the Republicans. You have to read their full report. The core of their report, the core of their argument, is that the deficit this year will go from 3.7% of the GDP to 6.3%. Tony, that think of your household income. That means you're living on 3% borrowed money last year, and this year you're living on 6% borrowed money. Now, that's what the core of their argument is. you got to get into the second and third paragraph of their analysis. That's their real concern. And that's going to get worse, Tony, because we're now at 120% GDP. So the total credit card bill for the country is 120% of what we make in a year. And that's getting worse. Let me tell you, Tony, there's a bigger story here, and that is increasing interest rates, which means the amount of money that the federal government pays in interest is going up so much that this deficit will consume all the money we make. That's what they're concerned about. 3% to 6%. You, maybe, you, no, no, this is the second time you brought it up. I'm, I'm, in, I'm jumping right in. I'm going to knock you one right out there. Um, you're saying that interest rates not can go up again. Of course, Jerome Powell, chairman of the Fed, has left that possibility open. They just went up a quarter point uh, last month. That target rate is five to five and a quarter. I'm sorry, five and a quarter to five and a half percent right now from the Federal Reserve. You're not saying if rates go up. You're saying when rates go up. What about yes. this downgrade has you saying that? Because, Tony, we the federal government is currently paying interest on loans that they borrowed money on at low rates. You have a mortgage, Tony. The mortgage you took out 10 years ago, you're paying 3% on. When you have to refinance that mortgage, Tony, you're now going to pay 6 or 7% on that mortgage. That's what I mean. It will go up. The amount of interest the government pays will go up because the loans, all that money we've borrowed, has to be refinanced at double the rates, Tony. When it was borrowed under Trump and under the previous people, they were paying two, 3%. Tony, now you're gonna be paying five or 6% when the government refinances their loans. So, so walk me through that process. What do you mean by the government refinancing their loans okay. as opposed to me refinancing my loan? How does that work? Well, we know that the government has, I forget the number, maybe $30 trillion of debt. And they borrow that money. Let's just take 100 bucks. So they borrow $100 at 3%. They never pay off these loans, Tony. 
when that loan matures, they get a new loan. Well, the new loan for that same $100 isn't going to cost them 3%. It's now going to cost them 6%. So, Tony, the government is doubling their borrowing costs. That means when they put their annual budget together, they've got to double the amount of money they put into interest. That doesn't leave any money for defense or social programs because they're doubling the amount of money they're having to spend every year just on interest on their long-term loans. This is the government. People ought to understand the government's borrowing insane amounts of money that they never pay back. So they're just perpetually financing this. Am I confusing, Tony? No, 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 no. You're not, you're not confusing me. You're not, it's, it's just bothersome. It's bothersome uh, stuff because what we're told is that Bidenomics is going great. This economy is growing from the bottom bottom up and the middle out. Middle out was a term from the show Silicon Valley on on HBO, and I don't want to have to recreate some of the things they thought about middle out. Uh, But you keep hearing this. They're, They're debating right now in the White House whether or not to go on a victory lap because inflation was 3% for one month and because the labor market has had this very slight contraction, which is the direction uh, that they wanted to go in. They're debating whether or not to overly cheer this thing. Is it your belief that this move from Fitch is about to cause a big problem in the next month's report? Um, I don't know that it's going to cause a next big problem in next month's report, Tony. This is a longer-term problem. Fitch is saying... Now, now, Tony, we're going from AAA to AA plus. Okay, don't let's not overreact too much. But what they're saying is we're heading down the bankruptcy curve, just a little bit, but we're heading down the curve. Tony, we never head down the curve. The federal government is solid, but they're heading down the bankruptcy curve. We're going from 3.7 percent of our total GDP is in deficit to now 6.3 percent. Tony, I just we got to use the analogy. In your household, if you make $100,000 and this last year, you spent 3.5% of that with borrowed money, and next year you're going to borrow 6% of your income to spend, and the next year you're going to spend 10% of your income to live on. Tony, that is not sustainable. Greece went bankrupt doing that. Cyprus went bankrupt doing that. We are heading in that direction. That's yes, but if you, if, you, if you start the conversation with, uh, y- we can't worry too much, it's only AAA to AA+, plus, I can also state very clearly that we have a much more worthy GDP than Greece ever did and a far different level of, of social programs. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, I, I think the question for many people here is, how does it get back to square with that AAA rating? And are we putting too much on this idea that the rating even matters. Is it going to change whether another country actually lends us money? I get that it might change the interest rate that we pay them. And of course that has an effect, but does it change the fact that nations will lend to us? Cause I have to believe the answer is, you know, if, if I owe the bank a hundred dollars, it's my problem. If I owe the bank a million dollars, it's the bank's problem. I assume that applies to the debt overall. When we talk about these other nations. You know what, Tony? I I don't think it's that big of a concern because countries will loan us money. They're not going to just bury the money. When we buy something from China, we give them dollars. They don't bury the dollars in their backyard. They send it back to the U.S. I wish they would bury it in their backyard. If they bury it in their backyard, we just cut down some more trees and print some more money. But they don't. Believe me, they're going to send it back. That's never been a concern. It's not a concern. They're going to loan us the money. 
I hate the fact that we have to borrow it. I don't want to borrow the money. This is so irresponsible, Tony. I can't even explain how enraged this makes me. You got to read the Fitch report. The Fitch report says the problem is government spending. They are very clear. You got to read the whole report. The headline may point the finger at the Republicans cutting a deal, but the details point the finger at spending. But there's not going to be an end. You're not going to see Wall Street say. You're not going to see politicians in the main say. You're not going to see Americans say, stop it. You're hurting us. You're not going to have anybody say, all right, now we have been shown that the answer is is less spending. Wall Street, if there was less spending, would react crazy negative. True or false? In the short term, true. In the long term, false. In the long term, when the private economy grows and the government isn't in default, they will be happy. But no, they want their drug now. But we have to, we've talked about this. Tony, we've got to get the market off, you know, we've got to get them into rehab. I think we have to have an intervention right now. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not going to happen. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. And I want you to know, I didn't think it was right to not kind of sum up because uh, the the I have been discussing the fact that I think that there's real anger out there from this indictment, and I'm worried about it. I don't I don't want to leave that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for in, in the air? I don't want to leave that with ambiguity. I am fearful that people are going to be so disgusted by this indictment, by the sheer political nature of it, by the no uh, actual, nothing concrete, nothing solid, nothing valid, nothing valuable, this indictment from the special counsel, Jack Smith. This is such a desire to redo impeachment that people will respond in a very nasty and, yes, I'm concerned, violent way. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I'm saying don't do it. I'm saying don't do it. I can't say it enough. Don't do it. But I, I was discussing this earlier in, in, in the show that I I read that indictment. And I eventually got to, what the hell is this? What is this banana republic? What is this madness? Nothing about incitement. Nothing about sedition. You're going to go after a guy for having a lawyer who tried to defend him and 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 make a claim for how he could be correct? That's what he hired the lawyer for. Uh, you, you don't have to like John Eastman. You don't have to like Trump. Again, you don't have to like any of these people. It's not about liking them. It's 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 about it's about whether or not what they did is criminal. What they did isn't criminal. What are you going to charge them with? What this indictment says? Best of luck. The only thing Jack Smith has going for him in this indictment is that you have a judge in this case who has already been going about sentencing people for January 6th. She's a judge who has heard a lot of those cases. And the sentences have involved jail time longer than even the prosecutors were looking for. And you're doing this in D.C. I assume we're going to hear about how Trump wants to move this out of D.C. He can't get a fair shake in in D.C., etc. This is a judge and a jury pool that could absolutely convict because they don't actually care about the Constitution. Jack Smith has brought things like this before, and the Supreme Court has overturned it. It was Jack Smith 
who brought a conviction against former Virginia Governor Robert McDonald. He's a Republican accused of accepting payments and gifts in violation of federal public corruption laws. Overturned by the Supreme Court, 9-0, I do believe. This isn't the first time Jack Smith has been told he is not really a guy who has it all together. So yeah, this this jury, this this judge could do bad things with a horrific indictment that basically says you don't get to question election results. You don't get to ask questions. You don't get to make statements because doing so, that is proof of you uh, trying to take away people's right to vote. Wait, you said in the indictment that I people are allowed to ask questions and they are allowed to question their government and then you engage in an indictment that says everyone except Donald Trump. It's, it's ugly. It's disgusting. And I, I stand by my words. The people who are okay with this indictment and proud of this indictment, these people should not be allowed to work uh, to operate heavy machinery. They, they, they shouldn't be uh, allowed to be uh, in civil society. Disgusting. But I, the first thing that came to me when I, when I read that indictment was people are going to lose their minds. People are going to be out for blood. People are going to be out for retribution because this indictment is a retribution indictment. This is a rehash of impeachment. You couldn't get him on impeachment, so you get him on this. The court of public opinion is far different than the court of law. You need real data in a court of law. Yes, I'm concerned that people are going to get so angry by this that they they lose their heads and lose their cool and act out upon it. I don't want it. I need you to keep your cool. I need you to keep your heads. I need you to vote. And there's a conversation about voting we're going to get into about whether or not this hurts Trump in a general. That is not a condoning of what's happening. That is a recognition of reality. Maybe it's not. But I think we got to talk about it. And we will in the days ahead, because that's what we do. Find everything at TonyKatz.com, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z, TonyKatz.com. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.